Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. Our uh, sermon text for today, uh, we're, we're finishing up the new normal. We're finishing up our, our series on Exodus, so we're going to be in the very last chapter of Exodus today. I'm excited about that. We've been doing this series, The New Normal, uh, where we've been looking at uh, God's people having to come to terms with a new normal as they leave Egypt and begin their new life together as God's people. And we often do the same. We often find ourselves in those moments of transition as uh, we move to a new normal and have to learn how to deal with all those things. But there are often things that unify that. There are things that remain consistent throughout our whole life. And uh, so we're going to talk about some of that today. And then next week, um, next week, can't believe it, Advent already next week. Isn't that crazy? Uh, So our new Advent slash Christmas sermon series is called Saving Christmas. And so uh, I, I'm not going to, I'm just going to tease it like that, just let it sit, marinate a little bit, and uh, we will talk more about that and what that means next week. But today, our reading comes to us from Exodus chapter 40, verses 34 through 38. It says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out uh, till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and the fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. And this is the word of the Lord. All right, our opening question for today, before I get to it, uh, so uh, uh, Pastor Chris is not able to be with us today, so I am both online pastor and in-person pastor uh, this morning. Uh, So that means normally if you are worshiping along with us at home, you can jump on the live chat to give your answers. No one's looking at the live chat today, other than you guys. Uh, So if you want to uh, have an answer to the question, you'll have to use the text line today, which is this. It is 407-842-8884. There you go, right up on the screen. And so I will get those up here and try to do everything all at the same time. We'll see how that works. Uh, Opening question for today. What makes you feel close to someone? Like when you have those relationships where you feel close, you feel really connected to someone, what are the things that help develop that? What makes you feel close to someone? Again, you can text your answer to the number that is on the screen. Uh, While we're waiting, uh, I I saw this thing uh, recently that I thought was kind of interesting. It was talking about couples uh, that go to counseling. Um, And one of the things that uh, will happen if if a couple is having trouble connecting, uh, they're having trouble uh, finding intimacy or finding that closeness that we're talking about, very often the counselor will prescribe to them 30 seconds of eye contact every day. 
30 seconds of eye contact every day. And not, uh, not like a staring contest, like you're allowed to blink, you know what I mean? But, but just you stare deeply into one another's eyes for 30 seconds a day. And that helps to develop closeness. And I was thinking, you know who really, really understands and gets that concept? My dog, Cheyenne. Um, she really understands the importance of that kind of eye contact is interesting if you're, uh, I don't know if you, how many of you are dog owners, but uh, if you are, dogs are one of the few animals that will make prolonged eye contact with a human being. Uh, and they do all the time. I think that's part of the reason uh, that we love them, because they're always making that prolonged eye contact, those big, beautiful brown eyes, you know, staring right in, in our eyes. It's always so sweet. It does make you feel close and connected, but the other thing that happens that I think is kind of funny though is, is how insistent they are about it, you know? If you are not paying enough attention to your dog, they will let you know, like I will be, I sit uh, on the sofa and like a lot of guys I'll, I'll like cross one leg over the other, you know, and I'll be uh, like watching TV or, or reading uh, on my iPad or something and Cheyenne will come up and shove her nose under my leg and push my leg out of the way and get her head right up there and just be, right? Like right into my eyes, like here I am, you know? Uh, that, man, that is presence, isn't it? That is presence. And that is something that develops closeness. So one of the things that we're gonna be talking about today is presence, the presence of God. And God does that both to develop that closeness with us, and he is equally insistent about having it, as is my dog, Cheyenne. <laughs> I'm not, did I just compare God to my dog? I don't, I don't think so. That's not what I meant. Uh, but we got some responses, so let's see what people, other people do to develop that sense of closeness. Um, so this person says, like, uh, sharing something secret with someone else or, you know, something private, something that you don't share with anyone else. Um, ho hopefully, they said actually having a secret between you. Hopefully, they didn't mean, like, that they robbed a bank together or something and can never tell anyone. Uh, but, yeah, sharing of yourself with people can develop uh, a sense of closeness. Um, okay, so time and experience together. Um, and the memories that come from that, this other person says, I think that's true too, right? When you just spend a lot of time together. Um, uh, having a common interest. Um, um, if you feel like you can reach out to them at any time, and they will answer, they will be there for you. That's another thing that comes, uh, you know, over time and experience. And then this person simply says trust, which is kind of the same thing. Um, yeah, and uh, candid, being truthful, um, which, yeah, I mean, so just being able to be open, to be honest, to be yourself. I think a lot of those things are also true um, in what God, you know, says about us and what God does with us. With him, we can be candid, we can be open, we can be truthful. With him, we can share parts of ourselves that we can't share with any other. But what's sure is that no matter how uh, we get there, that God wants us to be close to him. God wants us to be present with him. God wants to have a relationship with us. One of the themes that we have seen all through Exodus is that God is constantly saying this, 
I will be your God, and you will be my people. Um, This is why he brought them up out of Egypt in the first place, so that they could have that relationship where he is their God and they are his people. And here, as we get to the very end of Exodus, we see kind of the ultimate fulfillment of that, which is the tabernacle. The tabernacle was uh, also called the tent of meeting, and uh, it was obviously, it was a big tent. Uh, It would later be replaced by the temple, Uh, but the tabernacle was constructed to exacting specifications by God, and, uh, or, you know, that, that he had given to them. Uh, it was made out of special material. It had special things in it. We already talked about the priestly vestments before. It also had the Ark of the Covenant. So we all know that from, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, but if you uh, actually read about the biblical Ark of the Covenant, uh, you'll find that it describes something very specific, that on the top, on the lid of the Ark, that they carved two angels, two cherubim. And these two cherubim had their arms outstretched, or their, not their arms, their wings outstretched and like touching. And that space in between their outstretched wings was said to be the place where God actually sat, where God's presence actually rested, right there. They called it the mercy seat. And that was housed within the tabernacle and later the temple. But we see that God chose to dwell in the tabernacle, but he also gave the people a physical, like, representation of himself that they could see and know that he was there, right? In verse 38, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire was in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. God promised to dwell there. God promised that his presence would be in the tabernacle, that if people sought for him there, if they searched for him there, that they would find him. And they gave, he gave a physical representation that they could see to know that that was happening. And there's something else that we can take from this verse and from this idea of the tabernacle. And it's that uh, this promise of God to be present in the tabernacle would follow them wherever they went. It says throughout all their journeys. God was always with them no matter where they went. God was always guiding them. God was always leading them. God was always present with them. God makes us the same promise. God promises us that no matter where we go, no matter what we do, that he is present with us. He leads and guides us as well through our life's journey. Before we continue, I have another question for you guys. The second question is this today. What what do you do when you're separated from someone that you love? Maybe it's from uh, physical distance, someone's got to travel, or you know, you move apart from a close friend or family. Uh, Maybe it's uh, more like time, you're both so busy, you don't get a chance to connect as much. What do you do? How do you handle that when you are separated from someone you love and care about? How do you, what steps do you do to try to maintain that closeness and maintain that relationship when you feel separated from someone else? 
Again, you can text your answer to 407-842-8884. This topic of God's presence is uh, it's kind of interesting for me because on the one hand, it's something that's really easy to talk about, um, but on the other hand, it's really difficult to talk about. And I'll tell you why. It's really easy to talk about because the idea of God being present in our lives is such a huge thing in Scripture. I mean, it's so clear, right? He says it over and over again. You know, you go all the way back to the beginning, to the garden, to Adam and Eve. Just even the fact that he created us to be in relationship with him. That he would walk with them in the cool of the, of the night in the garden, right? That uh, as we continue through the Old Testament, we get what we have been talking about over and over in Exodus. I will be your God. You will be my people. The idea of God's presence uh, is very, very clear to the point where as we come into the New Testament era, as we look at what we're about to celebrate, Christmas, you could almost say the entire point of Christmas is about God being present with us, God being present with his people. That the Son of God came down and was born as a human being to live among and with us. That's how badly God wants to be present in our life. And you read at the end of Scripture, Revelation, the ultimate goal of salvation is that we dwell together with Him as His people. And so in that sense, it's really easy to talk about. It's like a home run. It's a hanging curveball, right? I mean, the Scripture talks about God's presence so much. But it's also difficult. And here's why it's difficult. It's difficult because I can say till I'm blue in the face that God promises to be present with us. And yet the fact remains that to many people, and I would say to all of us at some time or another, God does not feel present at all. There are a lot of times when we feel very distant from God. There's a lot of times that we look around and we look at our life and we look at the world and we don't see God. We don't feel his presence. We find ourselves asking, where is he? Uh, I think we got a couple answers to our question before we get too far. So the question again, what things do you do uh, when you are separated from someone that you love? Um, so this person says block time off specifically to communicate with them. Um, this person says I like to send memes. You know, so uh, yeah, to re that remind them of me. So that's actually like, that's, I mean, I'm sure they're kind of half kidding, but honestly, like a lot of my friends and I, that's what we do. We text funny memes to each other all day long. Uh, <clears throat> Kyle knows, because <laughs> he's been the recipient of many of them. Uh, uh, FaceTime at least weekly. Um, <laughs> uh, have a picture, right? This one actually says, I have a picture of Kyle that I sit and stare at when we are apart. <laughs> and it takes up most of my week. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so text, um, call, like all of those things. Actually, a lot of those things I notice have to do with communication. Stay in communication with that person. And I think we're going to see that God does something similar. Um, in the text for today, right, it talks about God giving them a physical presence that they could see, the cloud by day and the fire by night. But did you catch, as we were reading it initially, 
that there are times when those things left. Uh, in verse 36 and 37, it says, Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. Sometimes the cloud was taken up. Sometimes it was taken away. Sometimes the physical sign of God's presence was removed and you could not see it. Let me ask you a question. This one's rhetorical. Do you think that in those moments when the cloud was taken up that you couldn't see the presence of God there, do you think that meant that God was not present? Because I do not. Of course, he was still present. The lesson is, though, that sometimes you can't see it. But that doesn't mean he's not there. We face times like that, don't we? Uh, a prayer doesn't get answered. And I'm not talking about silly prayers. Sometimes very serious prayers don't get answered or don't get answered in the way that we want them to. Sometimes we take stock of our life and our life isn't going the way we want it to despite our best efforts. Perhaps we're really hurting and struggling and we keep hoping things will get better. We keep trying to have faith that things will get better, but they're not getting better. Maybe we experienced a loss, like the death of a loved one. And when we hit those times, suddenly in those moments, we find ourselves asking, where is God? Because it sure doesn't seem like he's with us in those moments. Where is God in those times? Where can we find God in those times? Well, in the Old Testament, God gave people the tabernacle and later on the temple. And he said, I will be there. And if you want to find me, search for me there and I will be there. God still gives us something like that. But it's one better than the tabernacle. See, God has reconciled himself to us in a way that had never been done before. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to live for us and to die for us and to bring us forgiveness of sins. To be the ultimate sacrifice so that no longer would the sacrifices of the tabernacle and the temple be necessary. But that doesn't mean there's no tabernacle. There is. Do you know where it is? It's right here. It's inside us. We just talked about in baptism how God promises we receive the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? That's a promise. It's not based on how you feel about it. It's based on God keeping his promises. And in those times when you maybe don't feel as close to God, you can still trust that he's still there. And you can know it by the mere fact that if you even have faith. If you have faith, you can know that God's spirit dwells in you. Here's why. 1 Corinthians 12.3 says, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 
If you can say Jesus is Lord and mean it, then you know the Holy Spirit is with you. But God doesn't even just stop there. He gives us other things that never change based on our feelings. We just talked about how important communication is when you feel separated from somebody. Well, God gives us his word, his written word in the Bible, in Scripture. You know, it's wonderful we have those moments sometimes where we feel like God is speaking to us in our hearts. But even when we don't feel like he's speaking to us in our hearts, he still speaks to us through his word. Anytime you want to communicate with God, you can do it. You can go to his word and he will speak to you there. We just talked about how he gives us baptism, promises we receive the Holy Spirit there. You're ever wondering, like, am I really still saved? Is God still really with me? Does God still really love me? Ask yourself this, were you baptized? Because if you were, he promised you would be. He promised he would be with you. He promised you would be saved. He gives us, we're not doing it today, but we did it at the last service. But he gives us the Lord's Supper where Christ's body and blood is truly present in and with the bread and the wine. God tells us even today where we can seek him and where we will always find him in word and in the sacraments and in ourselves when we have faith. Those are promises that God makes us. Now listen. I don't want to paint this picture too negatively. There should also be times in your life when you feel very close to God. There are going to be those seasons in life where you feel on fire for the Lord. And that's great. Take those times, take those moments as blessings and gifts that God gives us. But remember, though, that our faith, our very salvation itself, is not based on our feelings. Even in those times when we don't feel close, even in those times when we struggle with doubt, God's promise endures. God's promise stands. That he will be with us. I will be your God and you will be my people. And so we can know that the words Jesus spoke before he ascended into heaven are true. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And in his name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.